Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Matthew chapter 10. Hallelujah. I just entitled this sermon, Allowing Jesus in Construction. There is a tubing that the electricians run. It's called conduit. And what that tubing does is what they do is they run conduit from one wall to another. From where all the wires meet. I'm not an electrician, so I I can't say the terms correctly. But there's the main place where all the wires come in, where the breakers are. And then they run tubing from that place to many parts of the building where those wires come and they'll feed the outlets and the walls and it's called conduit so first they run the tubing and then what this tubing does is this tubing makes it easy for the electricians to pull wire and they can keep all the wires in groups uh, to specific spots so there would be a conduit running from there to the prayer room a conduit running to and then once the conduit is ran then they could pull all the wires necessary through the conduit into that specific room. And what it is, is it's it's not the power, but it's providing the power to meet the need of that room. And so it's a conduit. You could use that term in life too, that we are conduits for Jesus Christ. And so uh, we don't supply the power, but the power can move through us. And so uh, just like a pipe could be ran from the breaker box to a specific room and then once that pipe is ran you could run all the needed wires and then you turn on the power and the power runs within the conduit and it feeds the outlet so it is with you and I and in the text that we're about to read is that Jesus he wants us to be a conduit he wants us to allow him to move through us and so i want to take a look at this verse and as a matter of fact he he makes a very strong statement that we uh, we know about that you know it's it bothers him when we do not allow him to move through us so i want to read about this matthew chapter 10 beginning in verse 26 the bible says But don't be afraid of those who threaten you, for the time is coming, I'm reading out of the NLT, the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. What I tell you now in the darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What is the price of two sparrows, one copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. 
Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me on the earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Let's pray. God, I'm asking God that we would be a conduit for you to move through. I pray that we would allow you, God, to move through our lives, that people can hear the truth, could be touched and ministered to in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to look at this whole chapter, chapter 10. Jesus is dealing a lot with evangelism and the challenges to evangelism and so it's all throughout this chapter but i want to look at number one i want to look at being prompted to speak and so prompt i've been using this word a lot because it's kind of a a new word that i'm just kind of getting in my my thoughts because i've tried to describe what this word means apart from this word and this word summarizes it so when you're prompted it's an action or some, an event that happens that prompts you or provokes you to respond, that you're prompted. It, 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 it's a setup for you to respond or react to or respond to. And I, we, are respond, we are prompted to speak. See, every day in life as a Christian, you will be put in situations where you will be prompted that someone will say something, something will happen, and what God would like to do, what Jesus would like to do is when you are in these situations where something is said, something has happened, what Jesus wants is he wants you to be a conduit. He wants, to, wants it to be a prompt that, would, uh, that you would take action or respond uh, to whatever it is that happened our mouths are our primary tool and also a weapon in christian living it's a tool and it's a weapon our mouths that jesus we are the conduit that he would move through but the primary way that jesus moves through our lives has always been our mouth it is our mouth that we are saved. It's by believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth. That's how we are saved. Many of you have prayed. And because you've prayed in faith and you've put your faith on the word of God, many of you have received miracles. You've seen people healed. You've defeated the devil through the words of your mouth and agreement with God's word. Your mouth is a conduit. It is a... a pipeline so to speak where God can move through he it's a tool to bring blessing and help it is constructive it can build up it can tear down like God told Jeremiah with your words you can uproot kingdoms you could plant you could tear down it defeats the enemy Jesus speaks in the book of revelations that we will win by the blood of the lamb number one and by the word of our testimony number two that it is our mouths. Our mouths are a conduit. Matthew chapter 10 verse 27. What I whisper in your ear. Shout from the housetops for all to hear. And so God. What he'll do. What he desires to do. Is he desires to put things in you. That you would later speak out. You know, this is one of the wonderful things about the word of God and Bible study and hearing preaching because it's by those words that are spoken that God is making deposits inside of you. 
And later on, you would come out and that you would speak what God has already deposited inside of you. Whether it's, a, uh, like I said, you hear someone, your own Bible study, the preaching, what the Holy Spirit would speak into your heart. Uh, it is uh, uh, those prompts, uh, those situations in life uh, that God says, you're going to be in a situation. And you know what? What I have told you, you're going to speak that out loud. You know, it's through our praying with our mouth that God answers our prayer. It's through preaching that our faith is encouraged to believe. And what God would like to do in our text, what I whisper in your ear, shout out from the housetops for all to hear. The Holy think about this. In our text, Jesus says that there are times in the darkness or when we are alone. There are times when God is saying something to us, whispering. You know, when you whisper to someone, that means that only you could hear. When I whisper to someone, it's because I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking to the person I'm whispering to. That there are times in life that God is going to make deposits in the darkness. Think about this. In the darkness, when no one's around, this, is, this could be your prayer closet. This could be in your personal thought life when you're meditating on the things of God or you're meditating on the word of God. That there are times in life that God is speaking things. He's depositing things in you in the secret place, in your personal study, in your relationship with God. That he is whispering things in you. And Jesus in our text says that that is not just that what I whisper in your ear, what I tell you in the darkness, that there is going to come a time that you are going to, there is a need for you to say what I deposit inside of you. That he makes these kinds of deposits in our life for future use. See, your relationship with Jesus Christ will prepare you for future use. It's so important to, to have a relationship with Jesus because the Holy Spirit makes deposits. Many times I get inspired about something and, and at the moment it, it doesn't, it's not, for lack of a better term, it's not useful, but it's deposited in me. And lo and behold, I find myself in a situation with the very thing that the Spirit deposited in me. I, I have something to say. In the darkness, Jesus whispers. In your ear, he whispers. And there is a time that when the day breaks, it says, what I tell you now in darkness, abroad when daybreak comes, what I whisper in your ears, shout from the housetops for all to hear that there comes a time what has been deposited in your life that there is going to be a need to say it and this comes by your relationship with Jesus Christ pastor I don't really feel inspired to say anything well you got to make some deposits to have anything to say it's your relationship with God that will prompt you it's your relationship with God that'll put something in there to say in the future the more you fill up the well the more you'll have to give and so Jesus always prepared his disciples 
for the future. We know that Jesus tells his disciples, you don't know what I'm doing now, but you're going to know. You're going to remember what I did now that someday it's, you're going to be brought back to this moment. And ah, oh, that makes sense. You know, Jesus was always making deposits in their life. Uh, he was always speaking things into them uh, that at the moment they kind of didn't comprehend. Uh, he would say things when the son of man is lifted up or where I go, you can't come with me. And, and at the moment they didn't, well, okay, that's great. Uh, and then they would turn around and say, well, who's going to be the greatest, right? It just kind of went over their heads. Uh, but Jesus was making deposits for the future. You know, it's Peter when he says, this is that, this is what Joel said. The lights began to turn on after Jesus rose from the dead. And now they recall all the things that Jesus had said. And they were able, they, they were able to speak aloud because Jesus was preparing them. You know, also discipleship. You know, one of the things that I, yeah, I had some conversations with Chico and, and, and before he got sent out, I said, you, you're not, you don't. You're going to have, you have a knowledge of what it means to pastor, but you're not going to know it till you're out there. Yeah, people can be very knowledgeable about the ministry. Some people could be more knowledgeable even that, uh, than, uh, than, uh, uh, that have never been out there. They have a very sufficient knowledge. They have a very, they're well informed about the ministry, but until your boots are on the ground and you're in that environment, there are things that you're going to have to experience. And then it's going to make more sense. Uh, all the discipleship and all the things that happen in the mother church, they're going to make, the lights are going to turn on once you're out there. Things that you've been doing this whole time, it's going to make sense once you bear the weight of the ministry. Because there are things that Jesus does. He makes deposits for future use. What I whisper, what I tell you in darkness, there's going to be a need to speak that out. See, we can have deposits of the Holy Spirit and the word of God stored in our lives for divine appointments. You're going to have divine appointments. You're going to fill yourself with God, God's word. You're going to be in fellowship with God and with the Holy Spirit. And God is going to put things in there and you're going to be ready. You're going to have a word in due season and you're going to be a conduit through which Jesus could move through. And you'll be prompted, right? That you'll have fresh inspiration or something that God is doing in your own life. And all of a sudden you find yourself and something happens and you're like, wow, I have something to say. And you begin to speak. So I wanna look at number two, allowing Jesus. Jesus has chosen us as his primary method of salvation. That, that Jesus has made a decision and that decision is, is that you and I are going to be the conduit. We are going to be the method. God is not going to use the angel Gabriel. He's not going to use the angel Michael. He's going to use people like you and I. We are going to be the conduit that he moves through. Jesus places a burden of souls upon us 
when we get saved, he places a burden upon us. And, and I, you know, sometimes that fades and we could get that rekindled. And, you know, we, we pray for that. God, help me renew that, that burden. But, but, you know, Jesus lifts the burdens of sins, right? He does do that. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you because it's light and easy. But I want to declare to you part of that burden that we do carry is a burden to open our mouths. Do you feel uncomfortable sometimes that you should be saying something? That is a burden. And that is there on purpose. You know, it does. When you don't do, when God, when you feel the weight to open your mouth and you don't open it and you walk away and you feel uncomfortable or you feel sad because you didn't obey God, you're supposed to feel that. That is a burden. You know, and it's not, it's not, it's not condemnation. No, but it's God places a piece of his heart inside of you. And when you don't respond to that, you are going to feel heavy. You are going to feel like, oh man, that, that didn't feel good. Yes, that's a part of the burden of being a Christian. It's a burden of souls. And, uh, you know, it is not wise to always be fighting against that that prompting, that burden that God places, that is a burden, and that's a genuine burden. But Jesus lifts burdens that we cannot bear, but one burden that he does place upon our shoulders is to open our mouths and declare his name. That is a burden. And it's not meant to be evil, but it's something that moves. You know, not all the time do I feel like doing it, but I do feel something. You know, Paul makes a statement. He says, woe to me if I don't, Open my mouth about Jesus. So there is a burden. See, the joy of salvation, forgiveness of sins uh, is a reality that moves us to tell others. You know, when you, one of the things that you come to understand when your sins have been forgiven, when you experience relationship with Jesus Christ, that moves you to tell others like, man, you need to know about Jesus. You, the joy of salvation, of forgiveness, uh, there, you, you know, that in the beginning of our salvation, that newness and that you want everyone to get saved. You're believing God for everyone around you to get saved. And you're excited and you're telling everybody because you experience that new life, uh, that joy. And it also is a burden that we carry. See, we are strategically saved to reach the world around us, right? There are people that only you are going to be able to reach you are strategically saved god doesn't save you and teleport you no he saves you and most of the time when god saves us he keeps us where we're at because guess what you are going to be able to reach the people your world around you there are family members that you're going to be able to reach co-workers that you're going to be able to reach uh, people around you uh, that god will strategically place you in to reach like the samaritan woman she gets saved you know, that's not an accident. He meets her at the well. She turns around. She goes back and begins to tell all the people in that city, meet this guy that I met. That's strategic, right? What does Jesus say before that? Many of you have studied this. He says, I need to go through Samaria. I need to go through Samaria because there's a woman that I'm going to come in contact. And this woman is going to be a key to reach her city. That is strategic. You are strategically saved. There is a plan and a strategy behind your life. You are saved with purpose. Amen.
Hallelujah. And so denying Jesus is simply not allowing him an opportunity to minister to a soul. That's what denying Jesus is. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my father in heaven. That there are divine appointments. God has made deposits in your life. And if not, you know, you don't have to have, don't get, I, I would ask that you don't get lost in what I said. Well, I don't have an inspiration or a special word from the Holy Spirit. Listen, your testimony is enough. <laughs> But everyone who denies me, think about this. What are you denying? You're denying Jesus an opportunity to speak to someone's life. You deny me before men. I am being denied access to someone because I have chosen you to be a conduit. I have strategically saved you and placed you up and you're going to be around a people that I have intended to reach through you as my conduit. And so when you don't open your mouth, you are denying Jesus access to a soul. And I understand that in our text, this text, he brings the reality of not everyone's going to like the truth that you have to say, but at least give them an opportunity, at least give them a fighting chance that people might not like the fact that you say, well, Jesus is the only way they might not like the fact that you might point out the issue of sin, but at least they had an opportunity. At least they had a chance. And for all those that deny, there's going to be that one person that you're going to open your mouth to and they are going to listen. They are going to be, and Jesus, because you opened your mouth, he's going to take full advantage of you being a conduit. And because you allowed him, because this sermon is talking about allowing Jesus, because you allowed Jesus, he's going to come like a, a rushing river into that person's soul. Jesus gets pretty upset about this whole denying him. Because how many know the only reason why we could go to heaven is because Jesus is going to represent us to his father. Jesus is going to, he, he intercedes and stands on our behalf and he says, oh, father, I have this man, this woman, I have covered with my blood. They have, they have believed in me. They have put their trust in me. Uh, this is father. This is one of ours. And he will acknowledge you before the father, though people that are saved is because it is on behalf of Jesus that you are allowed into the kingdom. Jesus was the conduit for us to be have relationship with the father. And so see the relationship here. It is no different. We are the conduit for Jesus to touch men. And Jesus is the conduit for us to be right with the father. And Jesus, uh, no doubt that when you, you read this, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, you could tell he's upset. If you deny me access to people, it's, it's no different. I, 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 have, I have given you access to the Father because I laid down my life. And so we need to allow Jesus. Jesus is the one who speaks on our behalf. And so this is a burden that moves us to action that who knows yes jesus in our text there is a reality of people that will not listen but 
the whole thought here, whether they listen or not, whether they believe or not, they need to have an opportunity. You need to allow me, confess me before men and give me a chance to deal with them. And there are some that will respond. You and I are here because someone was a conduit and we did respond. We did say, yes, Lord, I, I will put my faith in you because someone was a conduit and someone allowed Jesus to speak to them so that you could be saved. Amen. And so, see, obedience and surrender is the key to allowing Jesus. It's, it's just simply when God prompts you when you are that you would just open your mouth and speak out and let jesus speak through you allow jesus do not deny him the opportunity to minister to someone through your lips be the conduit so i want to close with this fear god more because the reality is this is jesus understands that we will be resisted Jesus understands that if you decide to be a conduit, that you allow Jesus to speak through your mouth and you give him access, Jesus understands that people are not going to like the truth. But God makes a statement. God wants you to fear him more than man. God wants you to fear him more than men. The Bible says this. Do not be afraid to those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And so what the unsaved do not understand is the eternal consequence of their rejection of Christ. You know, remember this when people don't like what you have to say, when people reject and mock you, uh, when people do things uh, because you are standing and declaring Christ, understand that they don't see what you see. The reason why you're doing what you do is because you fear God. They don't, they don't have no sense of fear of God. They're rejecting. They think that they're rejecting what you have to say. They don't know who they're really rejecting. They have, they're clueless. You know, they don't, you know, when they say bad things about you or mistreat you or make fun of you or put you on the side or disregard what you have to say, they are people, people are clueless to who they're rejecting. You don't, you have an eternal perspective. You know where you're going. You know the consequence that, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you could be mean to me. You can reject me. You can do things to me, but I want to tell you, uh, I, I know who I really need to fear because he has the power to, to deal with my body and my soul. You have an eternal perspective that they don't have. See, fear in our imagination wants to intimidate us not to speak. We imagine how people will respond, and most of the time, it's not what we imagine. It's simply the devil just trying to gag you. You're thinking that they're going to respond a certain way. And many times, you know, that, that uh, I preached a sermon a while ago where, where you deal with people and you already assume their response. And I, I'm learning not to, to, to go by what I feel and think about people. 
Or I think, oh, this person, he looks like a candidate. I think he'll listen to me. This person, I know he won't. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying not to do that. Try not to give in to that because that's really the devil trying to gag you many times. To my surprise, when I override what my mind is telling me, to my surprise, the people that I thought would not listen end up listening. Because it's a gag. It's the devil's trying to gag you. So fear and intimidation, uh, you know, the, what it's really trying to do, the whole thought is, is, the whole point is that you won't open your mouth. That's the real, that's the goal of this fear and intimidation. Are people persecuted? Do people get made fun of? Do other nations suffer real persecution? Yes, they do. But the whole thought is, is that you allow that to gag you. It's a strategy from hell. We hear of reports of persecution and we think the same will happen to us. You know, the fear factor, you get all worked up uh, because you think that they're going to take you and, and burn you on a cross, right? Like your mind is going wild and it, it's a gag. It's like putting those movies where they put a bandana around the guy's mouth so he won't talk. That's what the spirit of fear does. See, the real threat is that we will miss out on being a part of Jesus' work in people's lives. The real aim of fear is to shut you up and deny Jesus access. That's the real issue. Jesus is saying, open your mouth, let me have access. And the devil's saying, no, no, we need to shut their mouths up because we don't want people to hear the truth. We don't want them to hear the very thing that's going to save them and change their lives. See, we are of great value to God. So Jesus puts this in our text. Jesus is not sending us on a suicide mission hoping that you'll make it. Man, that's good luck, guys. I know, it's, you know, he doesn't, I've seen a video about the kamikaze, the, 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 the men that would, get on these planes and commit suicide as they were attacking bombers. And you know what they would do is they would line them up and they would do this whole spiritual ritual because they knew that, you know what, they're, they're going to get on a plane and they're going to give their lives. They're going to lose their lives for this guy. It was guaranteed. These guys are going to crash their planes into a ship and, and they're, they're on a suicide mission. You know, the gospel's not that. The gospel is not, you know what, God is sending you on a suicide mission. That he's reading your less rights, doing the, you know, that the little, you know, Hail Mary thing to you, sending you off. And you know what? I hope you make it. That's not, that's not what evangelism is. That's not, it's not a suicide mission. There are instances we read about. Uh, people do get persecuted, but I don't, that's not the whole. That's not everybody. And the devil uses that to put fear. We are of great value to God. And Jesus makes this point. He says, what is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin, but a single sparrow that can, uh, can fall to the ground. Okay, what is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin, but not a single sparrow that falls to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable than a whole flock of sparrows. God is making a point. He says, you are valuable. You're, you're not, a, the, the movie, you know, there's a movie called Expendables and the whole thought is that, you know what, uh, these guys could just, uh, they're, it's almost like they're going to throw themselves out there and if they die, they die. They're, they're expendable, they're, they're disposable. That's not what we are. 
We're not disposable. We're not a pair of gloves that we get used once and get thrown away. That's not the whole thought. The Bible says we're valuable. And when you go out there, understand that God cares for you. And he says, if I know when an animal dies, you are more important than an animal. I'm not sending you out there to kill you or because I rejoice in seeing you suffer. No, man, I'm sending you out there because I, people need to hear about me. See, we were worth his only begotten son's blood. How many know you are valuable that God said, I will give my only son to give his life for you? That You are valuable. Matthew 10, 20, 31. Don't be afraid. You are more valuable than a whole flock of sparrows. God's desire is that we would overcome our fear, that we would fear him more, and that we would experience his life working through us, that we would be a conduit so that people could be touched by God. That you would say, you know what, God, I'm going to open my mouth, I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to believe that you are going to touch people through my life. People, they might reject it, they might not want to hear, but there's going to be that one person that you allow Jesus to move through you, and they're going to be touched. And that's who God is looking forward to people being transformed because you're a conduit churches are conduits <clears throat> union city church is a conduit to this community you know a conduit doesn't just carry one wire conduit carries multiple wires you know you have one you have a conduit and it has more you know i mean you know a church is a is a conduit and there are many of us in and through us, God is moving, right? It's, it's, it's a miracle. And so we need to allow Jesus. You know, many times, don't, don't forget, it is not us that are saving people. We're just a conduit. It is Jesus through us saving people. Let's not deny Jesus access to people. Let's allow Jesus access to people through our, our voice. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks.
Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.